0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Ah, the wonderful, awful last days. I'm glad I'm in the camp I'm in. Because for me and my camp, they're wonderful. We're going to see people saved, healed, and delivered. Greater glory in the church. It's happening. Thank you, Lord. As the ushers are receiving the offering, I'll give you a little uh, intro here. Um, I don't know, was it, Candice? About four weeks ago you taught or five weeks ago here on a Wednesday night about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I listened to some of that. I might have listened to the whole thing. And you had referred to, at times, we have taught that in this church. um, Not just once, but throughout the decades that we've been here. And it's time to hit on it again. Um, Sunday mornings, this Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, I'm going to be teaching particularly along these lines about what we can do to see more of the miracle power of God manifested in and through our church. I mean, there are some things that we're going to need help with. Our faith's just not going to quite be there to grasp it, but God still wants to help us in those areas. And we need to talk about our part in that. What can we do? What kind of an atmosphere can we set so God can do more of what he's been wanting to do? The Lord's been wanting to do a lot more than his churches have been opening the door for him to do. I'm going to say that again. God's been wanting to do a lot more for his churches than we've been opening the door for him to do. I used to ask myself, what did they have in the book of Acts? And I still ask it. What did they have in the book of Acts to see such power that we don't have today? And I'd come across a revelation like they had great consecration, tremendous commitment. They were hungry. Um, But then one day the Lord said, don't just ask me what they had. Ask me what they didn't have. And you might find some answers there, too, is why they had more power in manifestation. They didn't have all the 21st century distractions that we have today that are pulling most Christians away from the deeper and most powerful things of God. And they're slipping and they don't even know it. It's called seduction of the enemy slowly pulling people away into an open-minded, open-thinking attitude. Like, well, maybe, maybe we need to be open you know, to progressive thinking, to the new world, and people have actually departed from the solid biblical scriptures and faith that they once used to stand up for and said they'd die for. That's what 1 Timothy 4 talks about when it says the Spirit speaks expressly Get this, church. The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Not faith, the faith. The things that are clearly spelled out in the Word of God, people are making excuses, saying that's not part of the new world order, that's not quite the way it is today, and they're departing, and they're being seduced because they're so open-minded. Now they're being attracted to things That are not God. Though the enemy is doing his best to make it seem like it's God. Well, if you really love people, you'll be all for their flaky lifestyles. (laughs) No, we're going to stay with the word. If we really love people, we're going to call evil, evil and good, good. People can be involved with evil things, but not be evil themselves. They could be just weak, deceived, confused. And so what we need to do tonight is we need to pray like they prayed in the book of Acts for the power of God to increase in our church services. Because we're going to need God's help more than we have faith for at times. Say that again. We are going to need God's help more than we have faith for at times. We need to swing this door wide open so God can start doing some things that we need Him to help us to do. There's a reason there's nine manifestations of the Holy Ghost, and one reason is because there'll be times we don't have enough faith to see what we need, but God still wants to help us anyway. Now this doesn't mean we don't build and develop in faith and just wait for God to do stuff. That's how a lot of people die young. They're waiting for God to do something spectacular like a gift of the Spirit or a manifestation of the Spirit when they should have been developing their faith all along and tapped into their inheritance in Christ and just believe scriptures and see miracles through their own faith in God. People initiating a miracle, like the woman with the issue of blood, etc. Well, God wants to initiate some things, You and I can initiate healing, miracles, deliverance from the Word by building our faith in the Word. But then there's times God wants to initiate some things. So let's do this. Turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts 4. I saw something here recently that I hadn't quite seen like this before. They were actually, in in this chapter we're going to read, they were praying... For manifestations of the Holy Ghost in the area of miracles, healings, and special faith. Which are the three power gifts. Um, We'll we'll just uh, study this more on Sunday mornings, but when you see in 1 Corinthians 12, maybe we should go there first. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's at least read the list. And then we'll go to Acts 4. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. And this is what we're going to pray about tonight, among other things the Lord would like us to pray about. 1 Corinthians 12, it says in verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, the word gifts is italicized, it's not in the original. It really reads like this, now concerning the supernatural, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So God does not want us ignorant of the supernatural manifestations, gifts, and powers of God. He doesn't want us ignorant. He doesn't want us not knowing what they are. Because ignorance keeps us from doing our part so God can bring forth more power in the earth. If you look at verse 1, you see that. Then if you look at the very last verse in 1 Corinthians 12... Paul says, by the Holy Ghost, covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And then he starts talking about the greatest motive for the gifts to come on the scene is love. You need them both. How many know love without power is a drag? But how many know power without love don't work either? So Paul's not saying love's more important. He says, get them together and see some, see some manifestations of the power of God in your churches. People say, oh, the gifts of the Spirit aren't that important. Look at Paul said right here, now I'm going to show you a more excellent way. This is the way the gifts are in, manifestate, in manifestation more, is through love. Do you know you can love somebody so much that you have to see a miracle? But if you don't know how, you don't know what to do, then you're still at a disadvantage. 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse, um, verse 7. Paul says, but the manifestation or the showing forth in the earth realm of the Holy Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Not just the individual being used. This is to profit the entire church. For to one is given by the Spirit of God the word of wisdom, which deals with understanding the future. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit, which deals with knowing something supernaturally about the present or the past. To another, faith. The Greek says special faith, because we all have general saving faith if we're saved. To another, special faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healings by the same spirit. They're both plural in the Greek. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are worked are activated by the one and self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. These are, this is talking about powerful ministry gifts in the church to profit the entire church. This is talking about ministry here. The reason I say that is because some people see see right there, tongues isn't for everybody. No, you missed the whole thing. This ministry gift of tongues is not for everybody. Where people operate in a ministry of that, where they speak in tongues, they interpret in church services or wherever they're at in whatever meeting they're at. This is different than every believer praying in tongues. Tongues is plural. There's different kinds of tongues. There's personal devotion tongues. Something every believer can and should be operating in every day of their life. And then there's ministry gifts of tongues where you're actually ministering to a congregation and it's no more you just talking to God in the spirit. It's God talking to us through an interpretation of tongues. All right. But here there's nine gifts of the spirit. And and like Candice brought out a few weeks ago, we've always thought it was good to categorize them. There's nine of them. Three of them reveal something supernaturally. Three of these gifts do something supernaturally. And three of these gifts are spoken supernaturally. And they're categorized, so we could say this, the revelation gifts, or we could call it, yeah, revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. These three manifestations of the Holy Ghost show us things no way we could know except he revealed it to us. Yeah. About the future, about the present, the state of a person, uh, uh, seeing into the realm of spirits, knowing that this is not just a, a sickness here. There's an evil spirit that needs to be dealt with here. Man, what a heavyweight advantage to know how to deal with things and get more, more results, specific results. And then we've got three power gifts, which we're going to pray about tonight. And that is special faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. And then there's the three Utterance gifts are we could call inspirational gifts Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues Break them down like that Help you remember them better And since we're not supposed to be ignorant There you go There's a good way to remember them There's three revelation gifts There's three power gifts And there's three vocal gifts If you notice the power gifts And we'll go to Acts 4 in just a minute here The power gifts you'll find here in verse 9 To another faith, special faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healings by the same spirit. And then there's a, it says to another, the working of miracles by the same spirit. So these are the power gifts. And I, I'm sensing that this is something we need now. Um, special faith is an amazing powerful gift. It is a gift, an endowment from God beyond your own faith to receive miracles from the Lord. Working some miracles is a little different. It's a powerful endowment from God to where you do something to get a miracle. Daniel had, had the gift of faith in the lion's den. He didn't do a thing, but he received a miracle. The lions didn't need him. And unbelievers say, well, it's because the lions just ate and they weren't hungry. Well, that's not true because right after Daniel came out, they threw the ones that accused Daniel into the lion's den and it said they threw their moms, the the men, the women, and the children who came against Daniel and it said they ate them before they hit the ground. (laughs) So they were hungry. Daniel was protected by a supernatural gift of faith in the area of receiving a miracle. He had, he, had a, he had an unusual, supernatural calm in a lion's den. That's called the gift of special faith coming on you to make it through something like that. The lions won't hurt me. I have no fear. Probably used them for a pillow. So, And workings of miracles, special faith, and gifts of healings, I see right now are some of the things we need to be earnestly desiring. If you look here again at verse 31, it says, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, God tells us to actually covet earnestly, or we could say, desire greatly the best gifts. And then he says, make sure you're wanting these gifts for love, not just to be seen. Now, go back to Acts 4. And let's see the early church praying for these gifts and we're going to pray like they prayed. I didn't notice this initially until um, recently, but they were actually praying for the power gifts in this prayer here. Acts chapter 4 and verse 23, they had just been threatened, the disciples were just threatened to not preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus because the religious leaders got all jealous of the big crowds and all. It says, being let go, they went to their own company. So good to have your own company when you're in trouble. And the apostles reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them, all their threats. And when they heard that, now this is all of them in the church, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. That's a good thing to remind yourself of when you're just threatened to be killed. Lord, you are God. You made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that in them is. By the mouth of your servant David, you said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Let's go down now to verse 29. And they're still praying and they said, now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And instead of us not preaching anymore like they threatened us, how about you grant unto your servants that with all boldness we speak your word even bolder? By stretching forth your hand to heal. Now, stretching forth your hand to heal is God initiating. You can stretch forth your hand and take a healing anytime you're ready. Feeding on the word, building your faith. You can take anything the Lord provided. This here is talking about God stretching forth his hand and giving people things they don't have faith for. Oh, that's exciting. Because see, sometimes you're just not there. But out of his love and compassion, he still wants to help. So we can obviously pray this because it's recorded. Stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. So let's read what happened after they prayed. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. That is a miracle. The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And just one chapter later, you can see all kinds of people are coming from everywhere and they're getting healed just like when Jesus was on the earth. They were healed, everyone. People vexed with unclean spirits, people that were sick, palsy, paralyzed, all getting healed. Why? Well, actually, you should probably see that. Acts chapter 5. We'll come back to Acts 4 here and just go to Acts chapter 5. In verse 12. It says, so this is right after they prayed. Remember, the whole church prayed. And it said, by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders worked among the people. And they were all with one accord, which is major, major ingredient to seeing these things in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. Now look at verse 14. Believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and those which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. And somebody goes, oh, look at the apostles. Oh, the apostles are amazing. Oh, the apostles. Wasn't it be great if they were here today? Newsflash. Apostles would have done nothing without that church prayer meeting in Acts chapter 4. Are you listening, church? This is simply a manifestation of a group church prayer meeting. It's not about, Peter said, why look you on us? As though by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk. He said, it was the name of Jesus and faith in his name that made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, The faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of ye all. So that man at the gate called Beautiful in Acts 3 was healed because they had faith in the name of Jesus and because of a supernatural faith coming down from heaven that gave Peter the boldness to say, stand up right on your feet. And he grabbed him and lifted him up. What is that? That's called the gift of faith. That's beyond your normal faith. You got to watch out about lifting, pulling people out of wheelchairs on your own faith. You better make sure that you have a little bit extra boost of faith before you raise somebody out of a casket. Because the raising of the dead takes all three of the power gifts. It takes the special faith, the faith of God to even call a person back into their body. It takes workings of miracles to raise them up and to set them on their feet. And it takes the gifts of healings to heal them of what killed them in the first place. So when, it, when we talk about raising, the reason we don't see a lot of people raising from the dead because it takes three of these power gifts and most people don't even know what they are, let alone being used of God in it. Are you listening, church? Is this too heavy for you? No, this is midweek meat. Come on. So go back to Acts 4 and all these healings and miracles were happening because that's what they prayed for. Do you see that? What they say again? Read read that prayer again. It said, verse 29, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. I believe they're asking right here for the gift of special faith because when you have the gift of special faith on you and you say something to a problem or you say something to a disease or you say something to a mountain, God honors your word as he honors his own word because it's his faith. when you speak, when the gift of faith is on you and you speak a command, God honors your word as his own. One thing interesting about the gift of special faith is when the gift of special faith comes on you, you know what's going to happen before it happens. I mean, you are 100% sure when I raise this person up, they are going to land on their feet. See, this is why you have to be a little cautious in some of these areas. We can get some things done with our own faith in God. We can minister to people just by simply believing what the scripture says. But that's different than God initiating things at times when he, when he wants to. Did you notice in 1 Corinthians 12, um, all these worketh that one in the self, same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will? Hmm? Well, I, I'm convinced he wills to do a lot more than we've been opening the door for him to do. Our part hasn't quite been where it could and should be. That's okay. We can correct and go on. Um, in Mark chapter nine, look at this real quick before we pray. Mark nine. So what, what helped these gifts and manifestations to come on the scene? Prayer. Prayer, then power. Mark 9, verse 2. After six days, Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John and leads them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And then he started talking with Moses and Elijah. His garments became white and shining supernaturally. And uh, the, the Lord was communing with the Father and talking to Moses and Elijah and uh, if you read the rest of this here, it says they came down from the mountain. Nine, he charged them, they should uh, not tell any man the things they had seen till the Son of Man was risen from the dead. And um, it says he came right down into the situation where there was a boy needed deliverance. And Jesus comes right out of the glory of God. And, and I'm sure that was just interesting for him to just come down into this faithless messed up situations like he goes, you guys, how long am I going to put up with you? <laughs> he just come out of the glory. Well, he came off the mountain of a major time of prayer, communion with the Lord, and easily set a boy free from an unclean spirit, deaf and dumb, in a moment. And it had been happening since he was a child. This was a uh, chronic problem. Falling in the fire, falling, trying to commit suicide. The spirit was trying to get this boy to commit suicide. He couldn't talk, he had these fits, and he's just rolling around. This situation was an evil spirit. Not all things like that are evil spirits, but this one was. And all this chronic, terrible, awful, things that were going on, this man's child, Jesus comes on the scene and in a moment of time sets him totally free. Everything's now fixed because Jesus said, go. Amazing what prayer can do. Amazing what private prayer can do for public ministry. I'm not going to go to the next one, but in uh, Luke chapter 5, it said Jesus spent all night in prayer. And the next verse says he had a meeting and the power of the Lord was present to heal everybody in the meeting. Is, there, is it a coincidence that verse 15 said he was praying all night and verse 16 said the power of the Lord was present in his next meeting? No, no coincidence. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. How many want to make some power available tonight? We need this, guys. When the power of God is in manifestation and we've got the door wide open, things that have been harassing people for decades can be fixed just like that. I want that. I want to see more of that. Don't you? The Lord wants to see it. His compassion compels him. So we're going to pray tonight. I'm going to pray in tongues a lot because. When we pray in tongues, the Bible says the Holy Spirit helps us to pray the perfect will of God. Underlying issues are dealt with, things we don't know about, root problems. But as praying with the understanding is powerful too. I like to tell people, if you're not yet praying in tongues, hang around the Slippery Creek bank. You'll fall in eventually. Just keep coming to church. You'll be speaking in tongues before you know it. But if you're not there yet, now now personally, I started fluently speaking in tongues When I was hearing teaching about speaking in tongues, nobody had to lay hands on me, nobody had to pray for me, I just broke loose like a fountain. You don't need somebody to pray for you to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. You can do that while we're praying tonight. I mean, you might hear the Holy Spirit say, hear what they're doing? From your heart, do the same thing, jump in, the river's fine. But we're going to start off by praising the Lord. We're going to thank him for everything he's already done. And then we're just going to move into this area of asking the Lord to grant unto his servants that with all boldness they may speak his word. That the gift of faith would come on the scene and words from heaven would just start coming out of people's hearts. And God will honor those words as his very own because when his faith hits you and you start speaking under that anointing, he honors your word just like his own. And we'll pray that the Lord would stretch forth his hand, that he would initiate some healings that for some reason or another people haven't been making the healing connection. Well, let's pray that the Lord stretch forth his hand to heal those people. He loves them. And we'll keep growing in faith and we'll not just rely on the gifts of the Spirit. We'll keep growing in faith, but let's let's get healing on the scene. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry,